strapped in the trenches Making moves going all out Every day handle business You know that the hustle don't stop Got my team, let's get it Reviewing books and talk stocks Steady keep it moving So you gon' wanna tune in Get Lowdown, it's an app Get local food on demand Delivery right to your home Everything in the palm of your hand Took hard work and dedication Come through, join the conversation This is history up in the making We just wanna be an inspiration Hey, let's go How is it going, folks? Welcome to episode three of Bootstrapped in the Trenches. Today, we're going behind closed doors and discussing strategy in the year ahead. But as always, we start our segment with last night's food coma. It was Sunday. And Corey, I'm really curious to hear what got you going yesterday in the food world. Uh, last night, it was pretty basic. Uh, it's just a regular pizza, New York style pizza from a, you know, a classic New York style pizza place down the street from me. Just kept it simple, half cheese, half pepperoni, super basic, but, um, I pretty much just ate all day, but that was the dinner. So what was before that? When you said that was basic, it sounds like you had quite the appetite build up before that. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I went food shopping at Trader Joe's and you know when you first go like the first day you go grocery shopping and you just have all like just an abundance of food and you want to try a little bit of everything yeah I tried everything I mean we got like six bags of chips tried a little bit of everything hummus all the dips spinach dip I mean recovered stuff getcha yeah it always does and yeah so I was just eating all day and then I just capped it off with a pizza now, Corey, do you go to the grocery sh- a store with an empty stomach usually, or are you, you know, trying yeah. to work on? That definitely is the biggest problem. Uh, I always go because I usually do the intermittent fasting. So I'll go to the gym and then I'll go grocery shopping before I eat. And um, yeah, you know, that's just a bad idea. <clears throat> just get every single thing in sight, spend a fortune, and yeah, come up with, you know, come at home with things I don't even need. I do that every time. Like yeah, I, I'll get like this salad dressing. Shopping. I'm starving going into it like an idiot. It's like, yeah, oh, it's you know what? I'm starving. I'm going to Whole Foods or Safeway or whatever's in shouting distance. I do the same thing. I come back. I spend an extra hundred bucks on who knows what that I, that's still in my pantry. Yeah, it's a rookie move. But if I were to go grocery shopping full, I probably would have came home with nothing. So, you know. Makes sense. That, yeah, that, and then you're just wasting time. It's not as fun. You want to be hungry going in. Exactly. And uh, how about tonight? What are we waiting on tonight, Corey? Uh, tonight, I got um, chicken parm from from this place, uh, Muscle Maker Grill. So it's like a cleaner version, but pretty pumped for it. Did you get the wrap? I got it over broccoli. Wow. Boring, but I like it. I ate, a, I ate a lot yesterday, so that I had to make up. Color. We had one growing up right by us in Warren. Yeah, me too. Nice. Good stuff. Yeah, you're up. What was on the food coma agenda for you last night? Well, we went to breakfast, you know, our family, me, you, mom and dad, at Universal, places like that. And then for dinner, I did Five Guys. And what did you eat at breakfast, though? Um, At breakfast, I did the Universal Classic, which was two eggs, sunny side up, with a biscuit. And I did a blueberry pancake. And there was bacon involved. Any carbs? I mean, you got to get your pancakes. Any carbs? Very different. It's not toast. It's pancakes. Exactly. Right? And then um, five guys last night. 
bacon burger. Wow, that's a lot of bacon yesterday. Now that I'm talking to, <laughs> but you're filling it with the kosher game, Dan. You're being a good joke. Uh, bacon burger, milkshake, and fries. And then, Rabbi Jaffe would be rolling around right now, but I'm not saying it's great because he's not dead. Uh, and then uh, I just ordered Jersey Mike's. Ooh, you know, that place is a really solid sandwich chain. I've I been like loving it. Jersey Mike's lately. What's your go-to sandwich? Turkey stub. I love how they do the oil and vinegar game and not the mayonnaise game. Stuff like that. I definitely got you going with Turkey Mike's. In a big way. I love that. And I think Corey got me going on that, actually, initially. Yeah, I love Jersey Mike's. Yeah. Oh, always consistent. So, young man, I'm sure, has had a bite. Yeah, I kind of just dropped young man. <laughs> fell about four feet off the wall. Oh, just real quick, we're, uh, we're live on the Hungry Buffs Instagram, just for the people watching. Oh, that's awesome. All Hungry Buff users, happy to see you. I actually just ordered Hapa Sushi, chicken katsu with vegetable gyoza. Talk about a winning combination for dinner. I'll, I'll probably order something else later, too. My usual double treat. Yesterday, though, my food coma, I was joking around with Dan earlier, Corey, we're all from Jersey, that whole like Jersey Shore movement with the Jim Tam laundry. Yesterday, yeah. I was Wings Pizza Ice Cream. I like that. Yeah. That's, I think, that's yeah, the real Jersey Yeah, <laughs> I love that. So I, I started with Denver Pizza Company Wings, which, by the way, are phenomenal. They beat Hooters. Absolutely great. Then I ended up doing Patsy's Pizza, whole wheat, had veggies, my usual spinach, jalapenos, mushroom, garlic. It was solid. I mean, for Denver, it's good pizza. It's not New York or Jersey, but what is? And then I topped it off with, I went to town actually on ice cream last night. Uncharacteristic of me to the point I did it to. I mean, I went above and beyond. I think I had six scoops, like all different variety flavors. And it was phenomenal. I woke up feeling Honestly, the, the TikTok video you made was really good. I loved it. Yeah, it's yeah. cracking up. And yeah, it felt great. Uh, at the time, at least. And I went hard on the whipped cream. And, um, yeah, as I said, I'm waiting on hot with sushi. And, yeah, that pretty much sums that up. So, Dan, tell us about the food news. All right. Food news of the week. This is, this is actually good stuff. So, first thing I got is, this is actually really creepy, but California DoorDash driver sends disturbing text messages to underage customers. What? And... I got a bit from it. We actually, we got Wendy's that came up quite a bit in the news this week. But um, basically what happened was this boy who was under the age of 18, he ordered Wendy's. And when the driver brought the Wendy's, the driver then went on to text the boy. And he started to ask the boy if he was alone and then he told the boy that he wanted to take the boy to a hotel. And the whole thing was super creepy. Obviously, the mom was freaked out. The boy, like, sent screenshots to the mom. Long story short, DoorDash <laughs> discontinued both accounts, the driver and the customer, because, you know, they don't want underage customers, and obviously they don't want creeper drivers. So that's uh but I noticed that on that note, I saw they came out and said DoorDash is only for people 18 and up. Yeah. That's bogus. Like, what are we talking about here? When you really break it down, you have people ordering food that are high school kids. We used to all order food as high school kids. And I don't think we should be promoting this is an 18 and older thing. This isn't pork. This is food. <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand that. I got the 
I thought that was ridiculous that that was their statement with this. I mean, when you guys think about it, that's obviously disturbing. When you think about how many orders they'll go through and the background checks, I think is the biggest question here to bring up is how in depth are these background checks and do they have to be on another level when you're talking about delivering food all well, over Let the me country? skip around with my news stories here, even though this was not what I had going on in order, but it's funny because when it rains, it pours with this stuff. So in, with Uber, what they have going on is they have drivers that are light, basically renting out their vehicles to non-registered drivers and they're doing it with cars and they're doing it with bikes. So they have like thousands of drivers who aren't the actual people getting screened. And these drivers are essentially like going on Craigslist and they're putting up their bikes and their cars and they're just allowing like anyone to basically rent the equipment from them. And that's what's going on with Uber. Kind of goes hand in hand with them getting banned in London, which was another news story that we have for the week. But uh, the other reason Wendy's came on the newest DoorDash is, and this is more on the defense of DoorDash, but a driver got held to gunpoint at a Wendy's in Mississippi. So, yeah, thought that was interesting. Driver went to pick up food and got robbed at gunpoint. So following up with a little bit more upbeat news, Melissa Jefferson, a.k.a. Lizzo, the singer, is getting sued by a Postmates driver. Wait, who is this? I've never even so heard of Corey, do you know who that is? Yeah, of course. Uh, she has some pretty popular. If you played any one of her songs, you'd be like, "Oh, it's that's who it is." But I'm, um, yeah, yeah like, I'm good with faces, not really. So, names when it comes so listen to this. So Lizzo's staying at a hotel in Boston, and she orders food from like some lobster place, and she's going off of a fake name because she's famous, right? So the driver apparently shows up, and when the driver shows up, apparently Lizzo is not answering the phone. So the driver goes to the front desk of the hotel and the driver asks if the made up name is staying at the hotel. She's Bonnie V. Bonnie V. That's the made up name. Bonnie v. Corey. Wait a second. Yeah, and she forgot she forgot her room number. So she didn't have any room number also. Was she an alias? Bonnie V was an alias. Unfortunately the hotel, the hotel didn't know about the alias. So they were like, There's no Bonnie V here. So the girl ends up just going off with the food without delivering it. And Lizzie tweets out basically like bashing this driver. And then it turns into, you know, all her crazy fans like going nuts, making threats to the driver. <laughs> and now the driver is suing her in federal court. I thought it was great. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's what I thought. Like turmoil this week out there. The last thing I got, did you guys see that the old founder of Papa John's ate 40 pizzas in 30 days? 40 Pizza. Papa John's in 30 days. He was <laughs> Yeah. It was great. He came out and was like, yeah, I had 40 pizzas in the last 30 days and the pizzas are just not good anymore. <laughs> did you, did you see him? He literally, he looked like he ate 40 pizzas in the last yeah, 30 he days. Like he was like leaking grease out of his face. It was just, the whole thing was just like, eating too much fast food with that. And I, at the end of the day, honestly, I've never liked Papa John's. I think Domino's has good thing for us pizza. Papa John's, even the early college days with the really cheap deals, it just wasn't even worth it. I'd be like, this is not even worth me paying four or five bucks for. <laughs> no, not at all. So I don't know what – I know they had that whole thing going with the NFL for a while, but quality of food-wise, never been a fan. It'll be interesting to see what happens with that company. 
I don't think uh, their future is too bright, though, personally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just it tastes like cardboard. Hey, I, you know, I mean, hey, they could be revamped out. They could turn around. You never know. So another news, I thought we can kind of just shoot the shit a bit with the uh, loyalty thing that we got going on. So Anthony was showing me like the back end of it all. And it's pretty cool. We're definitely going to be able to roll into the new year with this where, you know, the loyalty point system, Corey, that you were talking about where we'll be able to Mm -hmm. set it to what we want. But the cool part and what we could kind of talk about now is the store. So he's like, has this store that he created and essentially customers are going to be able to go on the store and either convert the points into credit or like buy items. And I think it's on us to figure out what items we want on there. Obviously, Anthony being the nut shot, he he had like example items and one of them was a flying unicorn. (laughs) Wait, what? He like... Work in the dorms. Like, how? What is it's it? It's actually on Amazon. You could see it's like a little toy. It's a flying unicorn. Are, are these are people getting them? Well, I, I don't know, but no, it's on us to kind of figure it out. I figure, you know, things like obviously food credit, where the smaller points levels would be food credit, but if you save your points, like maybe we have an electric scooter on there. Maybe a scooter would be cool. Like, I know they're doing that with my building now with, like, certain things. A what? Say it again? And, like, an epic ski pass. Yeah. Oh, ski pass, yeah. I think that would resonate in Boulder and our front range markets. Yeah, or even, I mean, talking Boulder specifically, like a place like The Fitter, which is, like, a head shop in Boulder that's really popular. Getting them on board. You know, I'm just thinking to myself, things that, yeah, I like that because that gets more local businesses outside of the restaurants to promote us. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like the early campus special days for it with those booklets where if we could start yeah. bringing local businesses to obviously, you know, hook us up with deals for our customers that use us. Yep. Because their biggest problem, if you think about it, was their lack of seamlessness. So yeah. The app now. So it should be, if we could build that into the app of points, that could be huge. Yeah, I think uh, maybe like the Apple AirBuds would be a really good one. And those students love that. And how about those things, um, you know, like the mini, whatever they're called, the hoverboard, the ones for each foot, though? Yeah, the ones that uh, Chuck had. Chuck and Punch. (laughs) Yeah, electric skateboards. I know Dan brought up skateboards. Like that stuff. And those will obviously be like expensive items, so. Yeah, that could be something that makes them want to save it and not redeem for free. Exactly. Yeah, I'd say we have like 10% of the items be really high-end items that, you know, (laughs) people look at and they're like, oh, wow, that would be cool. I should save my points for that. And then the other 90%, because, you know, we technically do want a lot of people to redeem the points along the way on things like credits. Yeah, because we don't want to be stuck where six months from now we got like 50 people redeeming electric scooters. <laughs> but that's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Sure. Yeah, gamifying is going to be great for us. We could do a lot of damage with that. Going live on B-Town now. I'm actually live on Food Trump all right now. Who's been doing the uh, social media for us? Who did it tonight with the wine and uh, peanut butter and jelly? I like that. I like that. Yeah, we've been rotating around, you know. Corey, that's the thing. Dan and I were talking. Let's go. We all have login. We should all be posting, you know. Definitely. Where, that way, it's all fresh content ongoing. 
There's not, there's not too much. There's no such thing as too much. I yeah, love exactly. the being put up today where quantity leads to quality. Because when you yep. think about it, that on, it's a numbers game. We're, it's not, we're not supposed to have every video or whatever pop off. It's not even about that. It's just between yeah. us. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, do we want to do Corey's fun food for thoughts before we actually like dive into that? Like the- yeah, yeah. So yeah, I want to get your guys' opinion on this. I'm going to tell you a couple stories, but um, basically, I wanted to get into food etiquette uh, when dining out. So the first one, I have a buddy that I went to school with, IU. His name's Andrew, and he's just kind of like an antsy kid. Um, he just has no patience in general, and every time we'd go out to eat. Um, he would just hate being there. So as soon as he finishes food, he would just get out of there. And, you know, he'd already predetermined his bill, the tax, the tip, and he would either leave cash or just Venmo, whoever is picking up the tab. And I just wanted to hear, like, what are your thoughts on that kind of food etiquette? Do you think it's funny? Would you get annoyed? And this is something that happens every single time we go out to eat with him. Like, he just finishes and he just bolts out of there. In my opinion, is I, I almost admire the tenacity in that move. It, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it at that, Mike. I'll hand it over to you. I mean, I, me and Belloc are wired similarly. I get, I I can relate to the feeling, and I'm also a fast eater. But come on, man, like that's that's absolutely ridiculous. Like the etiquette on that is you wait till everyone's gone. And gets up like as much. Trust me, I'm the guy that wants to run the hell out of there and not put banter back and forth about the weather tomorrow or the day well, after. You guys will love this, but we're live on B Town right now, and we yeah. just had somebody. I'm gonna just call her out. I think it's a girl, might be a guy, Mariel Grover. That's like, is it Andrew Clement? Oh yeah, and Mariel, <laughs> Andrew's wife. Shout out, Andrew yeah, Andrew. <laughs> Shout out, Sarge's Deli. Oh, yeah. Um, Marielle. 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 Yeah, can you just type in what your thoughts are on the situation? And <laughs> what are your thoughts? We'll read it out. And the Dim Sum Dan fan just joined in. <laughs> oh, wow. Goodbye. Kudos. Yeah, he loves Hello, you. What's up, man? I'm glad I got a fan. Oh, you have a huge fan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, I also, I admire the tenacity that Andrew has. More of the just wow. the actual balls to just get out. I more admire the stomach tenacity, like the digestion. I personally, I suffer too much from indigestion to eat that quickly, even though I still do it. And I have heartburn from it. I don't know how he pulls that off because I have a buddy, my daddy from growing up, that actually pulled something similarly down the Jersey Shore. I was out with his family to dinner. His pasta dish came out, and he had it finished before everyone else got their food. His parents. Hold on, what, let me ask you guys: What do you think Cleman's wife said? Like along the lines, what kind of response do you think she gave? Him? Cleman's. Um, it's Grover's wife, but yeah, I think she knows Andrew personally. <laughs> I don't know. What, what did she say? Yeah, I want you guys to guess. Like. Was it – all right, I'm going to just tell you. She said, stop yeah. going to dinner with them with an exclamation point. Rubbing it in our faces. Uh, is that, yeah, I mean, that was the other thing I was going to say. Part of going to dinner is just like the social conversation. It's a social thing. So if you're just eating to eat and getting out of there, you're, you know, kind of ruining a huge part. That's why dinner. you have to 
personality, right? Like that's, that's why. Exactly. exactly. So yeah, you know, I love you, Andrew, but if you don't want to eat with us, <laughs> just order order delivery. Order and if we're not where Andrew, we can move somewhere we are. Yeah, and then my other story actually involves Andrew Kleeman, who is another one of my friends I went to Indiana with. Andrew, obviously a common theme here. But his go-to move was to actually steal the appetizers, or not steal, but he would take the appetizers or any food that was untouched from someone else's table once they left. Like, you know, so one particular story is we went to like Waffle House late at night, and there's an entire appetizer trio there. Everything was non-touched except for like a half quesadilla. And he obviously went over there, took the food. I might have dabbled a little bit. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But um, yeah, do you think untouched food that someone else didn't eat is fair game? Have you ever experienced that? I I mean, I'm going to say it's not fair game. I think that's fucking disgusting. <laughs> fair game, but gross. Fair game that I wouldn't. It's not a fair game that I'd involve myself in. But it's yeah. a fair game if there's a table that's been left already with food there. Of course, it's fair game if someone wants to be gross. Without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I totally agree with you. It's fair game. It's just. Yeah, no doubt about yeah. it. It's yeah. no one's like I don't know that gets kind of borderline. Like I don't know what what is he trying to do there. there there's no <laughs> problem with that. That's yeah, well, I think he might have been a little inebriated, just hungry. We've all been. Yeah, but I think he's done it on several occasions. So I'm not going yeah, to. Get him. Once that turns into a habit, now there's a problem. <laughs> now he's going to be dumpster diving. I mean, you know, we got to be careful here. <laughs> and that's my little tidbit for this segment. I, I like that. That's some good food for thought, Corey. And uh, yeah, guys, basically at this point, we are wrapping up. It's pretty crazy to think about, but 2019 is ending here in about a month. And we're really heading into a, a very critical time in our business, in our industry. Uh, I think we could all agree that this is a big year. It's probably the biggest year of our lives. I know we say that every year, but that's usually how the world works, and uh, which is awesome. Pressure is a privilege. We talked last week about the behemoths in our face, the VC versus bootstrapped. Obviously, the whole theme of this podcast revolves around us being bootstrapped. And with that, we've made a lot of bold decisions in recent months revolving around completely axing digital media with Google and Facebook, getting rid of all traditional media where we're really relying on all of our impressions coming solely from things we do organically. And I, I think we are all on the same page that content curation and really building up relationships with the customers in our markets and getting to engage with them and getting them to know us is really what this is all about. And that's part of why we're doing this podcast. And I think for starters, that's the theme I wanted to talk to you guys about is the content curation and how we're each social media channel, as we've talked about at length in the past in internal meetings, um, each channel has to be approached differently on a daily basis. They all have different audiences and demographics. So I want to start with what type of content should coincide with each platform. Corey, you have the floor. So, yeah, I mean, wh which platform are we starting off with, Instagram? Yeah, yeah, that's the one you want. Yeah, I mean, obviously Instagram. Right now, video is just 
the, it gets the best engagement no matter what platform you're doing, but any video content is always the best, whether it be Instagram or Facebook um, and any of the other channels, it just gets the best engagement in general. Um, obviously Instagram, you want to be, you want to make people hungry in our business. Um, so you want to post food that looks good. You want to make sure the quality image is just, you know, on point. But um, I think for Instagram, you definitely just want to, our whole goal is just to make the customers hungry. Whereas Facebook, um, you know, it's more, you can post articles, Twitter, you know, you can post a lot of news articles relative to the industry. You know, every single platform has different followers, different people engaging, and you got to make sure that you, you know, you hit the right content towards the right channels. So yeah, Instagram, I think just awesome pictures, making people hungry. Facebook, I like I like the idea of just engaging with the people directly. There's just so much you can do on there, more than posting pictures. There's just tons of content, and Twitter I feel like is more news related, but you can be. I feel like Twitter is the most interesting because you can be the most creative on Twitter since you kind of have a limited platform or a limited um, text. And what do you think about like in terms of Snapchat? Do you think there's even a need for a platform like that for us? Like when you have an Instagram and a TikTok? Yeah, I mean I, I do. I think I think they said that ninety percent of Snapchat's audience is thirteen to twenty-four, which is you know a big dem- core demographic for us. Obviously, we have the college kids um in most of our markets, which are eighteen to it could be eighteen to twenty-four. So I, I do think Snapchat's important. I just I think you have to have someone on the ground doing the work um, where it's harder to run from afar because a lot of it's just live content. Interesting. So maybe that's something we have um, our college ambassadors that we have on the ground running. That's not yeah, definitely. Interesting. That's a cool way of looking at it. And what, what are your thoughts on TikTok heading into the uh, new decade. You think yeah, TikTok. I mean, obviously, it's becoming increasingly popular. I'm not too. That's the only one I'm not too familiar with yet. But I see what you're doing on it, Mike, and uh, I think it's awesome. I also another. It's a younger demographic, so again, our audience definitely aligns with TikTok. So it's really important for us to be on every single channel. Um, it just gives us a lot more touch points on social. So yeah, I mean, they're all very important for us. But I think the core ones are Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with, you know, Snap and TikTok as well. And what are your thoughts on LinkedIn? LinkedIn, I think, is great. Like, I use it personally to get in touch with businesses. I've also been using another channel called Alignable, um, which is even a little bit more local, but it does cap your reach. But, yeah, um, both of those channels are vital for us as well. Um, Yeah, I mean, those are my thoughts on that. And Corey, frequency of posts on each, like how do you compare them? What is there ever too much? It seems like Dan and I were actually talking a bit about this earlier online. It seems like it's got the algorithms have changed with a lot of these platforms where they reward more quantity than they used to. Well, yeah, not you're seeing so much like Twitter is so congested. So you want to post as much as possible um, because you just have a less chance of people seeing it. I mean, same with the algorithm changes for all of these uh, platforms. You just want to post as much as possible, even if it's not great content, um, something will hit home with another person seeing it. So, you know, post as much as possible. I, I guess you don't want to overdo it, but at the same time, 
you know, like Instagram, you can post five, six pictures a day and not everyone is going to see that picture. So you're just brought, you know, more chances of someone seeing that. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that Corey's got on the, you know, the algorithms have changed, I think, partially due to the fact that people were using it in ways that would annoy people, where you would have people that would post 10 times in a row, and no one wants to see that. So the beauty of it now is you could post as much as you want and leave it to these algorithms to give out your information in a way that people are going to like, whether you're not overdoing it. And that's something that I've actually been learning more and more. Uh, I used to think that you would almost get punished for overdoing it. Cause when Instagram first started, you know, if you posted five times in a row and you're scrolling through the feed, you're going to just see one after the next. No one wants to see that. And it's changed a lot. My whole thing is, and where, Mike, I know you've always said that where I'm realizing it's more and more of literally a full-time job is the engagement on the platforms is what's so important because ultimately these algorithms are going to show people what's relevant to them. So what we need to figure out how to do more efficiently is be constantly engaging with all the users in our market through the platforms. So like when Hungry Buffs Instagram, for example, we have thousands of followers, vice versa. When these people are posting, we should be the ones leaving comments, getting into back and forth in the comments. And it's such a full-time job, but that's what then puts us higher up on these algorithms. And even with LinkedIn, Snapchat, they're all so important because different people use different platforms. It's up to us to spend the time to engage so we become part of the algorithm that people look at as important. And that's something that I think will be really big for us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that's like that whole give, 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 take strategy too, where you're helping other people that are putting stuff up there and they're reciprocating and, and rah, rah, you, you know? So well, we got a, we're on Lodell Live right now. We got one person, Hardin Natasha, that's been, uh, giving feedback on this topic and kind of saying what we're saying, just giving a lot of good stuff saying like, don't be afraid to post a ton of content and don't be afraid to put it out there and stuff like that. And we love it. Keep telling us that. That's awesome. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, you know, humans are humans and we all want to interact. We're, you know, we're at the top of the ocean because we cooperate. So, and we collaborate and everyone wants that connection. So, that's what I loved about social media when it first came out. And I think what's cool about what we're doing, it makes it more where we, we kind of have this isolating and uh, disconnected society at times where, you know, social media is not always a social network like it started at. So I think it, it'd be cool if we can really engage one-on-one, -on -one, of course, with the masters as well, but in getting to know a lot more people on an intimate basis. So that that's what'll be cool. And, that's kind of what leads me into the next topic with you guys I wanted to dive into. Besides this weekly podcast, what other things do you think we should be doing in the year ahead to really optimize our efficiency? And with that, how should that be divided up? We have a lean machine team. We obviously are bootstrapped. We don't have we have more fingers than employees. Well, I mean, look, and, part of what you and I have been talking about that like we're gonna talk about now, Corey, and we'll start talking about more with our team is Mike and I are just realizing more and more that when it comes to connecting with our users on these social platforms, 
the stuff we used to do with like posting food and stuff like that. I don't want to say it's irrelevant, but I think we need to be more, we need to be thinking more of how to entertain our users through these platforms and that in turn will gain loyalty. So like, I know we all admire, you know, the way Barstool Sports does it with their industry where it's, it's about entertainment. So I think that's something when we're using these platforms, it's less about what it is we're selling and more about people wanting to see the content we're putting out because it's either funny or it's interesting or it's relatable. So, you know, if we can come up with like segments that we could do videos of and have them be things that we turn into posts and figure them out and make them funny or where, you know, people are looking for them each week and we could make the videos using, let's say, TikTok and then we could use the video and upload it to Instagram and take bits of it to put on Twitter and we could have one piece of content that turns into dozens of little pieces of content by us using all these platforms to put it out there. And that's where I just think we have to be like creative with people seeing our stuff and being entertained. Yeah, I think we were definitely like on the right track. I know we started this year doing a lot like Mike was doing the trivia questions and we were doing a lot of that kind of stuff. And I think that definitely hits home. Just getting the our users to actually engage with us. Like for Instagram, I think the newsfeed is great for, you know, putting out pictures of, of food and whatnot, making people hungry. But then on the live, the Instagram stories and going live is where we can actually showcase ourselves and engage with our users and our followers and, you know, get new customers that way. Like, I love the trivia. And that's something, again, like Dan said, we can chop up, put on Twitter and Facebook, or LinkedIn sure. or, you know, whatever it is. But, um, yeah, I think we're definitely on the right track. And we can do a lot of different things like that heading forward to engage. Yeah. Yeah. We have to really determine how we can divide and conquer with this with obviously – what what the weekly theme should be and not only weekly obviously living our daily lives as well i know dan's been we're waiting to see what he's got uh starting in the pot with this cartoon thing which i'm pumped about but Corey, i even brought up the idea to him earlier i think i mentioned to you too the weekly comic strip doing something cool where once we have cartoon characters we have fun dialogue between food items you know we've always screwed around with that in the past yeah. we could talk. definitely even uh getting involved with like the national things like uh the Popeye chicken sandwich versus the Chick-fil-A and having like one of us do taste comparisons and, you know, just give our honest feedback. I think things like that, um, you know, will help us a lot. Like we got to do the reviews. We got to review all of our restaurants. I agree. And Dan, I was going to say with that, we should start that this week. I was thinking on Wednesday, we should begin Boulder reviews. Corey, Dan brought up this idea earlier. We might as well. And that's kind of what I wanted to jump to a little bit too, guys. Do you think it makes sense I'm kind of leapfrogging a little. We could go back, but do you think it'll make sense for us with this notion to spend a few days as a team in each market in January where we're doing the reviews and, you know, getting content engagement with the students, things like that? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, personally, I think it definitely helped us last year. Uh, we we're all in the markets, just taking turns being down there. But yeah, I mean, it gets us closer with, you know, the people in the market, the restaurant owners, the community in general, I think only good things can come with being in our markets. Um, you know, even if it's just for a week or a couple of days. But if, you know. I told Dan, like those guys remember um, Bryce and Daniel, Bryce Fox, Daniel Weber, when they had those characters with the, this is Indiana video, we did something with them in campus candy. 
I, I think yeah. Ryan and I were kind of mulling that over where we could have our own personas here and, you know, be doing things on these campuses and, and getting things gravitating in those ways. That could really build up over time. Dan, what are your thoughts? Yeah, what about the in-person trip? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, it's one of those things where it ultimately boils down to how much the trips cost and how many of us could go on the trips based on how much the trips cost. And like, well, I'm, I'm obviously with Corey that nothing bad comes from the trips. We only gain from the trips. And also, you know, I was thinking about it today. The stuff that we're talking about is great for our users, but when it comes to getting new users, there's no doubt that the things that we've always done still work. Cause even a year ago we got, over a thousand customers in Logan and over a thousand customers in Las Cruces over the course of a month by meeting people and talking to people. You know what I mean? So it's just being there. Yeah. And I think we all know that we ultimately need somebody, whether it's a full-time person or a couple of students that are hourly in each market to just do the apartment handouts to meet people. We always talk about the 10,000 conversations. And for anyone listening, I mean, what that really is, is way back in the day before we were in this digital marketing era, when we first started the sites, the way we marketed was we were like, okay, we need to have 10,000 conversations every week. And if we have 10,000 conversations every week, we're going to meet enough people and have enough talking points where we're going to just grow. And we would give them things like lighters and cups and coupons and free slices of pizza. And there's no doubt that that stuff still does work. We don't do it as much anymore because we're a little bit more spread out. But yeah, I mean, there's no doubt the in-person stuff works great. Yeah. And that kind of gets to our next point with the rev share model. I, I know we are exploring getting our first one rocking in Ohio here in the winter. Uh, and Corey brought up the notion of us actually doing a uh, rev share with a restaurant client. And I wanted to dive more into that with you because we've been obviously going back and forth with a big restaurant owner in one of our markets. And we didn't directly speak about that per se as a partnership, but you could tell a lot of these owners, I think, and I think uh, Dan mentioned this has happened in Fort Collins where the local restaurants do not want to be working with these behemoths. They don't really trust people they don't know. And they, they only want to be working with the community. And that, that's something that the owner in one of our markets brought up to me. So I wanted to gather your thoughts on if that was a possibility for one, are we better off trying to partner with one restaurant or restaurant group or offering an over a blanket exclusive commission to get everybody only working with us, which obviously has certain pros and in my opinion, I know we're a bit biased, but I don't. I can't think of the cons when you're people want food regardless. They're going to want a butcher's no matter how they have to get it. If there's only one way to get delivery, they're going to use that delivery source as long as it's usable. So, wanted to gather your thoughts on if that's something we should explore in the year ahead. Yeah, I mean, to me, I. You know, I love the idea of having a restaurant run this just because they're so familiar with not only the restaurant industry, but now with delivery and takeout and with numerous companies, typically, you know, a restaurant has probably used, you know, anywhere from Lodell to Uber to DoorDash um, and people want their food. So it's just instant orders. 
obviously I know um, we spoke about this last week. Um, we do need someone who has enough time. And if you know anyone in the restaurant industry, you know that they don't have time. So you do have to find the right person. But I do love the idea of having a restaurant run this. It just seems like it would be you know, a seamless transition and we'd be able to get business right away if you found the right person. And well, in comparison, though, Corey, what are your thoughts to the exclusive blanket commission? Yeah, and then I mean, as far as that, I I mean, I've thought about this many times. If I was to go back to Bloomington and just offer a great rate for all of our clients, where I feel like they would all jump ship and just sign with us exclusively, um, especially at we're really the only local player there um, in Bloomington now that Mister Delivery is is no longer there. They're Delivery.com, so we're really the only local player in Bloomington. And yeah, I mean, we do enough business there. We're still the number one delivery service. And I feel like we can get most of our restaurants to to just sign with us exclusively if given the right rate. I'm not sure what that is, but I do think it's possible. And I don't know if it's worth it on our end. Uh, I just want to give it a shout out to El Patron Cafe in Las Cruces. They're joining us live and they just said, they just said perfect, Corey. <laughs> The biggest issue is this. The, the issue I have is, and I think every market's different because I think Bloomington, you have less national chains than Boulder. My concern is if we drop rates, and obviously it only works with the local players because the national players have you know national contracts locked in. If we do this in Boulder and Uber and DoorDash still have 50 to 60 national players on their site, and the customers that we think are going to stop ordering from them and select the restaurants don't do that, and our orders don't increase, and then all of a sudden we're just getting 5 to 10% less on the same amount of orders, we have a real problem. But Dan, let me ask you something there. My rebuttal to that, you're ordering food. All right, say we all order delivery a lot. We have our routine, right, of restaurants. One of them might be a chain. One of them might be a local place. Like I could tell you firsthand, I'll order a breakfast wrap from a Starbucks, but then I'm ordering from a local mom pop spot for a burrito and a pizza. So I think that's one of those things with a customer. If they like a specific restaurant, they're going to keep ordering it. They're not going to stop ordering from the restaurant. Yeah. I mean, I think you bring up, a, you make a lot of good points for sure. So. You know, I and think about when you think about what we represent, it's not chain restaurants anyway. I get we have to have them on for our our customers for options and for competition purposes. But local delivery, this could be something to explore heading into a new era is us really practicing that notion of only partnering exclusively with these local partners and being able to have way better quality control and actually delivery experiences. I, I think it could be a win win for everybody. And if restaurants are being charged less across the board, there's more money to go around and it's better for the local ecosystems. Yeah. I mean, uh, like I said, I think a lot of the points you're making are valid. I think we should think about trying it in one market and seeing what happens before we do it across the board. And if that's going to be the case, we have to decide what would be that commission. Yeah, and we also have to look at like the level of how much are we going to have to monitor DoorDash, and now Grubhub, who are both doing type three. And is it going to eventually get to the point where we're just like pissing off clients? Because we're like, hey, you got to hit up DoorDash again. They just put you back on. 
and restaurants are like, guys, like enough of this. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just thinking about all the different things because type three. I mean, I think that's easy though with our select markets. If we're doing that with local restaurants, that would be a commitment of clients we've worked with for a while. And I, I think that would be an easy thing to work out where it would be easy to, you know, deal with that headache when it happens once every year. For sure. So that's an interesting marketing strategy to think about in itself. When you think about what that could do for just having less congestion, even on the roads with all these different and in the restaurant. Oh, food's here. Hold on a sec. Oh, Dan, food has arrived. There we go. Yeah, no, I think it would definitely hit home in a town like Bloomington or, or especially even Las Cruces uh, where they're just tight knit communities. Wow. Yeah, and I guess, Corey, like you brought up, the, 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 con, the one con would be us making less per order and not getting more volume from it. But I, I can't imagine that being the case if we had exclusive relationships because people still want those restaurants. Like if I want a Sarge's Deli, for example, our buddy Andrew, who I love in Indiana, from Indiana or from New York that went there with us, I'm going to get Sarge's Deli. If he tells me, hey, I can, you can only order on Seamless from now on, I'm ordering from Seamless every single time I get Sergeant's Deli. So I, I think that that really holds a lot of weight. If consumer habits with specific restaurants, they like what they like. Yeah. I mean, this is definitely the case for my, for myself. Yeah. So obviously there's people that will only order fast food, but are those really our clients anyway that were our like customer base when you think about it? Yeah, what are your guys' thoughts on text marketing? El Patron Cafe is, I'm pretty sure, telling us that we should do text marketing. I'm kind of back. I know Corey's put it up a couple times. Yeah, I know. I get it from a bunch of. I mean, actually, I get it a lot from like from clothing industry, uh, different clothing lines. But I got a really cool one the other day. Um, I think from like Banana Republic. They texted me, and it was a scratch off, and you scratch off with your finger, and it was fifty percent off like black Friday starting now, but it was like on a Monday and it was like, you exclusively get this 50%. It was just cool. The concept of scratching off with a scratch off ticket on your phone. And I thought that was awesome. Yeah. I guess we'd have to see if we were to do that, would we be able to opt in our current customers or would we need customers to like opt into that separately? I think we need them to opt in on their next door, like after the next order, like opt in to text. I, don't we, I also think every that. market's different where, you know, a market like Las Crucius and Logan, I could see that being really effective. I mean, I think it's about the, my whole thing with texting. I think if the message is clever and it's the right call to action with the actual value for them, the combo of like entertaining and value, that'll be effective. I, my biggest problem with text marketing, when I get like a blackjack deal, it's just so aggravating because it's just like, this is clutter to me. It's like a spam email or like a direct mailer that you just. Well, it's interesting. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, you go. Well, I was going to say that there's one place in Highlands <laughs> that it's a dispensary actually. And I, I'll get a text from them all the time. And I don't, I, I'll never go there, but I don't, it doesn't bother me. You know? But, but that's thing, you never go there though. So it's clearly not effective. For me. What but I'm also that? not like a deal hunter. And if I was, I probably would go there whenever I got that text. But do you think only – is it only about the deal or is it is there a way to make the text more effective by being clever in actually the, mess, the headline? 
of the text. I mean, I think, you know, again, it, it boils down to creativity. I, I love where your head's at with sending just a creative, clever text that isn't even a coupon or maybe even like some sort of small puzzle that they have. To yeah, exactly. An engaging text yeah. where it's not like, hey, 15% off here. Because I, I don't think that's worth doing personally. I think it has to be more of a storytelling text where it's like an engaging like, oh, this is interesting. Because I never see those, and I think that would be something that's worth doing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I usually just get the discount ones. And, yeah, unless, like, like I do get one from this one restaurant here. Um, and, you know, unless I'm in the mood for, like, Indian food, which is the restaurant that sends it, I don't I obviously don't care for it. And, actually, I, it does annoy me more than anything, just getting a text. I think it's someone else or something important, and then it's just, like, a 10% off coupon. Mm-hmm. But if it was engaging, I think I'd be really open to it. But nonetheless, I, you know, I think it helps with branding. I now know this Indian restaurant that I never even ordered from. I don't even know how I got, they got my number, but I remember it's called Spice. So interesting. With me. Yeah, I think that's worth us exploring if it's, if it's done well, like that's like a creative play for us. If we're yeah. actually getting into a text game, we should really think through that. And yeah. I think we something. should also realize that again, like every market's different and what might work really well or what we might think might annoy customers in a market like Boulder could work really well in Los Cruces and Logan. And that's where I think like the whole idea of texting coupons and those types of markets could be really good for us. I, I personally think that texting could work in every market if it's the right text. I don't see like texting is so popular, obviously, across the board. I just my whole thing is making our, us making sure it's not blended in like all these dispensaries text for a reason. Yeah. They clearly no, you know, and even though Al Patron is basically saying it'd be cool if we sent a text that like also had a picture of the food, where it's like, hey, are you hungry? Like, flash deal or something. Yeah. I imagine that probably costs yeah a lot more to send a picture, but in, in theory, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, but yeah, if I got a text at like three o'clock and I was a student saying like, oh, from three to four, this restaurant's slow. You know, you can get this deal rather than just like a 10% off coupon, but like a personal deal during a slow hour for a restaurant to help them get more business, I think would be awesome. Yeah. I like that a lot. Like a flash food warning or flash food alert. Yeah, exactly. Like three to four, you know, get a two ninety nine gyro from B town gyros. That would be, you know, I wouldn't be bothered by that. Then the question is like, how much is overdoing it? I guess it's the same as emails. We could set it up where, every X amount of days that you haven't ordered. If we could do that, I'm sure we could though. Yeah. And guys, last theme of the night, obviously it's, uh, we've for a while been kind of not all in under one roof. And I wanted to just highlight the mentality of how can we effectively, if we can effectively remotely work successfully as a company in 2020 and, uh, you know, get to where we need to be. I think that's a, a big underlying theme heading into the next year. I think it's going to, if we're going to do that, it's going to require way more hangouts. Like literally what we're doing now, even though this is obviously the podcast, but where we're just like kind of brainstorming. Currently we're doing it on Tuesdays. We almost need to do it. I'm, I'm not going to say every day, like every meeting needs to have a purpose, but there needs to be, you know, we need to step up the creativity and that happens from synergy and us collaborating more than we currently are. 
And how so? How often, for starters, what are you thinking, Dan? More like three to four days a week. Uh, all I know is days that I'm just solo doing my own thing. It doesn't feel like things are necessarily happening on a creative front. Where you know, the only way ideas get executed is when we all talk about them, agree on them, put some sort of plan into action. So almost daily, but again, there needs to be some sort of focus. So, yeah, I think it really comes down to how we could divide up that focus correctly. Corey, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, Well, yeah, I guess for me, I've I've been working remotely, but at the same time, I was traveling, you know, for work four months out of this year. Um, But I've been so dialed in on just restaurants. That's a little bit different for me, or at least it has been. But, yeah, I mean, I I agree. Maybe we do, you know, maybe an hour every single day. I don't know. Or like an hour every other day. We just have a meeting and just try to get things done. But uh, yeah, I definitely think it's possible. But um, we definitely are better when we're all together or when we're all communicating. That's for and sure. It's also more of like, like a, a media thing. Like I was, like we were saying earlier, if we strongly believe that going into the new year, we have to be putting out. And obviously, it's quantity, but it's also quality. Where we want to put out stuff that's entertaining. And the way we're going to do that, like you're a creative dude, the way we're going to do that is just by like all talking more. And the more we talk and bounce ideas off, like if somebody has an idea, someone else needs to be there to be like, that's cool. This will make it better. Or dude, that's not a good idea. You know, and right now, like we need to like create that arena where we start to come out with like really like just great concepts that we feel good about. Yeah. Yeah. Not about it. So. Uh, yeah, obviously the communication and accountability is a big point, a big part of that. And, uh, you know, we've got to make sure we optimize everyone's time. And clearly we're all going to have to wear multiple hats in, new, in different ways in the year ahead now that we're putting this content duration front and center as a team. Yeah, but even like so, you were saying earlier, if we're like, okay, how are we going to use these different platforms? Let's say we decide we want to have – like, all right, the food trivia thing was one thing, but let's say we want to have like five different types of things like that. Then our meetings could be channeled in a way where we're trying to determine what those are and what's going to actually hit home and what isn't and what we could like really honestly say to ourselves, that's just not a good idea or that's great and we could really build on that. Well, that should probably, maybe that should be our Monday morning. We should do a brainstorming content session for an hour to go over just content for the week where yeah, where we just go over the playbook for the week, approach it like an NFL game where it's like, Oh, okay. We need to go over each platform. Like what's going on. Yeah. But I don't even look at it as a week as much of like an ongoing plan. We're like, okay, review. But that would be like a weekly thing we discussed. That would be something we embed just like our Google hangout. Now this one would be separate just for content. Yeah. For like, each or we have a voice for each platform. How are we giving it a voice? Definitely. And more so like us talking about, all right, we want to do reviews. And let's say across the board, there's 350 restaurants. Ideally, like we eventually want to have review videos from what's our plan of execution for that. Like that, that's more like what we want to be talking about is like, how are we going to get from a, which is us talking about these reviews to see where we like start having a bunch of them. You know what I mean? And we have to do all the reviews, or can we get customers doing some of the reviews? I think we want to like, do them to, like, have a theme. 
Well, then we're, you know, that's part of the planning of travel in the winter for a few days to get reviews churned out as part of a trip. Yeah, like how many reviews can we do in a day? Do we set it up where ideally we try and get free food from the restaurant? Are we just going to order the food? Is it delivery? Like, do we have a place we just deliver it all to? Yeah, like these are, like, these are all things we got to figure out. And that's like one sector. I think a review thing's awesome. And then if we come yeah. up with, you know, four other things, like we talked about if we wore costumes and went on campus and interviewed a bunch of people, just asking them what their favorite delivery sites are. And we can kind of like do it in a funny way just to see what it turns into. You know, that can give us content for weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah, just cut into clips. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's definitely uh, food for thought here as we obviously head into our hangout tomorrow. And I, I think we need to really think through that more too of how we could have everyone help. Like, you know, we're going to give Jeff a shot with editing. So, you know, we could see what he could do to help us edit this podcast for starters. Yeah, maybe we just literally are like, you know, Mike, like the, we're going to spend three days – and bust out 80 reviews in Boulder just by literally going around. I think that's the play. I honestly think the play is we do a like a powwow type of trip to each market like that, where it's like a three-day just blitz for reviews. And, you know, if we end up having coming across people, too, that we bring along the way for hiring part-time, great. But I, I think that's definitely an essential thing here is content. Yeah. So since that's a big part of our playbook, the front and center part of our marketing, we should make that a, a priority in January. We could do like who has the best delivery pizza in, you know, whatever market, say Bloomington, and literally order at the same time for, or, you know, pretty close to the time from every single pizza place in Bloomington, get it delivered, you know, try a bite of each slice and see which one holds up best or which one tastes best, things that. like that. And even we could do like a takeout thing too, where it's like, oh, best flat to grab a sandwich on the go or whatever. Like we could do a theme for each market. Like see, see how many different meals Mike could take out over the course of 30 minutes. And it's just like someone's following with the camera. He's running like two minutes, <laughs> just getting as much takeout as possible. Like almost like, remember back in the day when they had, yeah, like the Toys R Us thing or like, I forget what it was called, but they'd go around. Shop till you drop. Shop till you drop. Yeah. Yeah, we should actually reenact that with Mike with the shopping cart where he's like over on the hill in Boulder and he has X amount of time to get X amount of entrees from as many places as possible. See, I love that. Campus, uh, remember those campus access card orientation cards? Oh, of course. Just running around with the campus access card that she could use it everywhere? Yep. Yeah, we could do something we could have, like, we could have like a planning stage where Mike's like, kind of stressing out, figuring out how he's going to like line up these orders to get them so they're ready over a 30 minute period. And he's like writing down logistically whether or not he should like contact restaurants in advance or if he should like <laughs> go place 10 takeout orders in a row and then come back and pick up each one, you know, and like, you know which food's going to go bad first. It's kind of like being in a grocery store. Like don't put the milk in first. Yeah. Do I grab the no last? Yeah. What's your plan? Meanwhile, taking a long time. No shock, Rubhob has been off there. I'm going to write that down. I think that's actually a cool idea. Like the food sweepstake, or what was it called? Like chocolate? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, shop to drop. Guys, my food's taken an hour and two minutes so far, and just said it's going to be on the way now. It's Rubhob lately in Denver has been having major issues. I don't know if they have a driver problem going on. 
I told you when I was there, I had five out of five orders were canceled. Yeah, they've been yeah. giving me discounts left and right. We should right. also do like a, we should also do like a weekly like food eating contest like that we compete in though. Like Mike, me versus you, and anything you want. No <laughs> chance in that, but I'm happy to do it if you want. Well, maybe that's the theme. Mike eventually is like thirty and zero against me. Well, as long as it's a food that I like, I'm not doing anything with onions or walnuts. Well, no, or what we should do is we should have we should have a tournament where there's like six of us. We should have a bracket: me, you, Corey, Jeff, Anthony, and Brianna. And like each week or each month, we're literally having like a tournament of a food eating contest where you know who if you get eliminated, you're knocked out. It's like March Madness; you survive and you advance. I love yeah. that. We also have to do a food delivery dance contest for March Madness with our customers. I remember we talked about that last year when it was a little too late. Let's actually plan that this year. Okay. We're yeah. Yeah. And but back to what I was saying, we could even do it remote. We're like right now, technically, the three of us could just be having a food eating contest. But we're like, all right, here are the rules. We're going to do it with this food item. And you know what I mean? We're going to get the most dumplings during us a podcast. That should be the first one we do is yeah. a dumpling eating contest. Uh, we'll do that next week. Can Dim Sum Dan earn his name? Yeah, we should literally all order like 50 dumplings and see who can do the most. Love it. Yeah. That's a great thing. You guys down? Well, I mean... Oh, now Dan's back. No, no, no. I'm not back now. Talk about that. Hold on a second. What I'm back now about is like, for me, that needs to be an in-person thing kind of because it's like, I'm just trying to think, how are we going to video that? Very easily. We do it beforehand. We each have one like stacked with, we order X amount. They come in sixes or twelves and we're like, oh, we're going to have like, you know. What do you mean very easily? Like we're sitting there. I'm here. Corey's there. How are we videotaping each one of us with all of our dumplings and broadcasting it to the world? What are you doing right now? Ezekiel Elliott like this, you have dumplings in your lap. Look, I'm not asking how to eat them. I'm asking how to eat them. It's dumplings. You have dumplings just sitting here, and you're like, you have a plate prepared yeah, yeah, before the. That's literally like, we don't, right? I guess the logistics would be a little tough. I don't they want to think about this for a second. You get the dumplings prepped before the podcast, you put them right next to where you're sitting. I don't think you understand my concern. We don't currently even have a way to videotape these broadcast or these podcasts. No, just like we're doing right now. You, you're just sitting there eating dumplings. That's the but whole We're point. not videotaping this. What's this that? Is, no, this is a, this is recording. Well, we're on live, but this is this is only recording audio. Oh, the, oh, I got you. It's when is video going to be up for that? I don't know. They're still in beta mode. Well, get them out of beta already. What's going on with that? I think you can do it via Google Hangouts. I, I think you just have to pay yeah, for it. Yeah, we should do that because if we could videotape that, that's easy. It's Mike, it's but then we can't. If we're gonna have like, it, it's also something. Yeah, that's a prime example. We could set up times to be all together in a place. Say, to do- we could have a lot of food eating contests over a short amount of time and then have the material yeah. for as long as we want. Where we're all, whether we're in New York together or Colorado. Whenever. Yeah, like in Mexico, we should have a taco eating contest and film it. Yeah, you guys should definitely do that. Down. Yeah. I mean, Mike, the reality is like over the next two months, while you and I are still in the same place, we should almost have a daily feeding contest. <laughs> and that way we can out content for like the next two years in the next that's two what I, That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Before I go completely gray, we got to get that in. <laughs> <laughs> Kids going to Young man's been MIA completely, huh? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's doing his thing. Unbelievable. All right. Well, <laughs> 
great job today, guys. That's uh, I'm still waiting on my Grubhub. But oh, yeah. is this the longest podcast so far? I think so. Anyone have any final thoughts they want to say before I press stop? Boom, baby. <laughs> Bootstrapped in the trenches, making moves, going all out. Every day handle business. You know that the hustle don't stop. Got my team, let's get it. Reviewing books and talk stocks. Steady, keep it moving. So you gon' wanna tune in. Get Lowdown, it's an app. Get local food on demand. Delivery right to your home. Everything in the palm of your hand. Took hard work and dedication. Come through, join the conversation. This is history up in the making. We just wanna be an inspiration. Hey, let's go.